0: Hmm, that's good. Welcome to Digital Coffee, guys, where I give you everything that's going on in the tech industry, brewed up in one nice little compact, maybe sometimes a little bit longer, podcast, so you guys can know what's going on in the tech industry. Because let's face it, we all need to know this stuff, it's very important. I think it is why I help you be informed. Anyways, I'm your host, Brett Deister, and let's get on with it. Now, Pokemon Go. The ever, ever, so ever popular Pokemon Go. Well, it looks like some hacker group is going to be doing a denial of service, or I should say dedicated denial of service attack against it August 1st. So everybody that loves it so much, be prepared to to not have it then, because they said they have a botnet of well, it looks like over six hundred thousand, or at least six hundred thousand different um, you know devices dedicated to this. So they will be taking it down now. Hackers is always a it's a term not really used, and DDoS uh, type of attacks are very common. You can actually buy a lot of this stuff on the internet. It's not that like hard anymore to actually do that type of things, but a lot of hackers like doing it because it's one of the easiest ways of doing it. And what actually happens with it is that they just send a lot of information to the server so they get overloaded and they cannot be receiving anything else or sending anything else back or it becomes a lot slower because they're getting overloaded with all this information coming into them really, really quickly. And so that's like kind of why a lot of hackers do it. It's in favor of taking out a service now, the reason why they said it is because they can't and no one can stop them. Fair enough. They want to cause chaos. Okay. I really don't care. I'm pretty sure someone someone's going to be upset about this. But seriously, I don't care. I don't play it. Still don't care about it. I get what it is because it was based off of a game previous to what Ananatic, uh, I think is how they say it, say the developer's name of Ingress which is the same game as Pokemon Go, just without the Pokemon. So, yes, go ahead, Hacker Group. Take it down for a day. It's, they said about 20 hours, so basically a full day. Uh, so, yes, go ahead take it down. I don't care. I really don't think you're really dubbed hackers anyways because you still use the DDoS type of attack, which everybody uses. Even the worst hackers use that because it's the easiest one to do. But, yes, if you, well... If you really like it, you're going to be really upset August 1st. So I'm pretty sure they're actually going to do this. Now they do it because... Like I said before, they can. They've done it to YouTube. famous YouTubers. have taken their account and, you know, redone it. Deleted it for the lulls or for whatever, because they're maybe bored. I mean, they're probably at least pretty smart to figure out how to do this. So I will not discredit them for that. But if you're just doing it because you want to cause chaos, Fine, it's a game. I mean, how much chaos can you really, you know, cause? Now, I preface this saying, probably a lot because I've seen a lot of news reports of stabbing shootings, of people falling off cliffs to their death, and broken marriages because of Pokemon Go. And to that, to those people that do that, seriously, it's a game. Ah, And this is coming from a gamer that loves games. It's still a game. It's a small little game that you can find Pokemon and battle people with. Seriously, who cares? I mean, it might be fun for a little bit, but I just don't know about all this, all that's been going on with this thing. It's it's a it's a wee bit creepy to me. Now, there's also other news on Pokemon Go, and usually I don't talk about gaming type stuff too much because I want to leave it on Gamers Cafe. But I feel like this is important enough to actually talk about now. Uh, Pokemon Go is going to be launching in Japan tomorrow. So all the people in Japan, yeah, you can play the craziness of Pokemon, even though it's super, super popular over there, even more popular than in the States and Europe, everywhere else has become popular. But also it's going to coincide with uh, McDonald's Japan having kind of uh, featured locations for Pokemon as well. Because it has been known to actually boost a lot of businesses' revenue, this is not the biggest uh, leap of logic to actually do this. And I could see this uh, coming more and more prevalent. However, I don't know how long this will be this popular because eventually people are going to forget. There's going to be a new game out there that's going to be even better than this one. It was kind of like the Angry Birds uh, craze where Angry Birds it was so amazing and then Angry Birds Space, which was actually pretty cool. Star Wars and eventually they did other games and no one actually cared anymore. So it could, you know, be cool for a while, but you know, always, especially in app development, that goes really quickly. Or even social media games, just you know, Asanga and Farmville, one of the most popular games. Uh, pre Facebook crackdown of of speech, uh, it was really popular, and everybody was like, "Hey, want to farm with me?" And I'm like, "Hey, no, go away, go away." Alright, Google has launched a new tool for for art and art history experts or just people that want to know more about art. It is uh, the arts and culture app. Now it's been redone so you can uh, look for museums around your area. You can take a picture of it or, you know, do more augmented reality and look at uh, more history behind of why. Someone painted this or what's this painting about because some people may not know about painting. It's a very cool thing They also have a YouTube channel to you know figure things out, but I like the thing that it does give you uh, Ways of finding museums around your area so you can you know Look at different museums that you may not even know is existed there so you can find local museums with uh, their open hours directions and ongoing exhibits, which is great There also is an art recognizer tool to help you identify different works. Now, this is only for four museums as of right now. It will eventually be for a lot more, but as of right now, it is the Dulwich Picture Gallery in Sydney, the Art Gallery of New South Wales, and the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C. So, you can only do those four as of right now, but give it some time, and you'll eventually be able to do quite more. Just... On lookout for it, but yes, I downloaded it as I will have to say because if you don't know, it's on Android and iOS, and you can also visit the website too. So, you have a few options there. I will link um, to the blog so you can find all the other fun stuff too because hey, you should know in the show notes, obviously. All right, there's a lawsuit against the FBI, saying allegedly is screwing up with the Freedom of Information Act requests. Now the Freedom of Information Act allows common people to actually, you know, request different types of information from the FBI, and the FBI can redact things, that means put it in blocks, you can't actually read it, so it could read like, and, the, is, for, new, and you're like, I don't even know what I'm reading because everything's been, almost been redacted. But yes, there is something like that. Now, an MIT PhD candidate called Ryan Shapira has alleged that, well, their system is antiquated and they're not using universal index tools. They're m- mostly using just leg- uh, legacy automated case support system that's not very good and saying that it pales in comparison to modern search applications that the FBI does have access to. Now, the FBI has said, look, we don't think it's the right use of resources to do. It's more, it's just as cumbersome as the way we do it, blah, 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 blah. They probably just don't want to do it because the government is very, you know, slow to regress. I mean, a few years ago, I still read that one of the uh, federal government agencies was still using floppy disks, and I was like, why? Why on earth would you be still using that? Or one was still using XP. I think one was still using Windows 3.1, which is really old. But the federal government's never been the best for, you know, keeping up with tech in general. They think they know a lot about tech, but they never keep up with it very well. But uh, the MIT uh, PhD candidate all- said that basically their old system, which was made in 1995, is like using a library card catalog rather than a database containing scanned and searchable copies of every book in the collection. So I can understand why he's doing this. He kind of wants information as quickly and as efficiently as possible, but the government's bit, as always, is a bureaucracy, which basically means it's slow, cumbersome, and doesn't really get the job done most of the time. Very few times. Rarely. I have nothing good to say about the bureaucracy in general. So let's just move on because it's just going to be an awkward, you know, silence. And you're probably going to be wondering, is he still on? Is he still recording? Yes, I am. All right. We're going to talk about WhatsApp again because it has been blocked again by Brazil. Yes, Brazil for the third time this year has blocked WhatsApp because it wants the data. It wants to see what people in Brazil are talking about. And WhatsApp keeps on saying We don't have that information. We have internet encryption. You cannot get it from us. We don't know why you keep on doing this, but they keep on blocking it. They keep on doing it. No matter how many times they keep on asking, WhatsApp's like, we don't have it. You can keep on asking, but stop trying to block us. Now, I'm pretty sure a lot of Brazilians are just getting fed up with WhatsApp, not because it's not a bad service, just because it's not being reliable because the government keeps on blocking it and denying access to it. So they're going to be turning to Telegram, which is the other popular choice as well, because they haven't been, you know, taken off several times. It's unfortunate that governments are being more and more Big Brother-like and wanting more and more data from us and not just trusting their citizens as a whole. Yes, there's some nefarious citizens as well, but seriously, if you want... If you're just trying to uh, spy on your citizens for no apparent reason than terrorism, and I put it in quotation marks because that, that word has means everything now. It's, it's everything that happens bad against someone. It's this terrorism. It's that terrorism. It's this, that. I'm like, what is it actually anymore? So... National security is another word that they like to throw around to. It's for national security. I'm like, okay, well, well what what are you doing? Like, what, How is this working? I mean, you could say the NSA spying on people for 13 years didn't really produce anything, and that was for national security. It was completely ineffective, and if any business actually did what the government does, they would be bankrupt because they produced nothing. And any business would be like, we're going out of business because we're producing nothing and we're burning money. That's my thing. I don't really understand. The sad part is, is because of Rio and the Olympics, this could be an interesting um, could be an interesting conundrum because now people are going to try to find uh, messaging apps they can use, and they're probably not going to use WhatsApp because of just the rough deal they've been getting. It's not a really good thing for Facebook either, because if you didn't know, Facebook does own WhatsApp, and so people may be turning to Facebook Messenger instead. All right. Twitter has just announced that they now are going to be allowing for verified accounts for everybody. Woo! There's a new application process that's a, a, it's very detailed. It's not very hard. It's just very detailed. And they will be accepting or not accepting per whatever you think is or isn't it. So if you think you're verified account worthy, you can sign up. And then Twitter can be like, no, you have one follower. No. Just kidding. I bet you guys all have amazing followers and more than one, maybe two. I, I don't know. I don't follow you, I may follow you. If I don't, uh, just be sure to let me know and I'll try to follow you. And we'll be legit friends on Twitter. We'll, we'll tweet each other all the time. But yes, you can finally do it. It's finally being a little bit more robust. Um, now I would be very wary of this because once again, I've been you know broaching the subject most of the time. Twitter and Facebook is not the most keen on free speech in general. It is taking very prominent conservative voices, even if you agree or disagree with them, just taking the verified account away because you don't like what they're saying is not, is not a champion of free speech. It's basically the antithesis of that, because free speech does protect the bad speech, as long as with good speech, because no one should have the right to say which one's bad and which one's good. Now, it's the government kind of um, realm of that. And so private businesses can do what they want. But if they keep on preaching that they are for free speech and they don't do that, that's kind of just you know misleading, unethical. Probably will get people to leave as well. So I think Twitter and Facebook and, and Google as well need to tread carefully on what it constitutes hate speech because that's what everything is riding on. What is hate speech? and you're not gonna get a very um, concise answer from anybody because it can be almost anything that they considered uh, yucky. It's probably the best word for it. Yucky, oh, it's yucky, I don't like it. Something that they just don't like. That's usually how it is, always how it is. Free speech, well, it's this. What about hate speech? Well, no, that's not free speech because I don't like it. I don't care what you like or dislike about speech, it's speech. Now, And people have said this before, and I will say it again, the only speech that's not ever protected is one that does have a call to action, like yelling fire in a crowded theater and killing people that way, trampling all over them, or saying go kill that person, and that person does go kill them. That is a call to action. That is not protected. But other than that, you can say I hate whoever. I hate white people. I hate... Whatever you want to hate that is still under free speech. You can hate. People may not like you for it, but you can still hate something. Moving on. All right. Facebook looks like it's now going to be uh, allowing Android users to save videos so they can watch offline. Yes, they've actually released it to everybody, but they were originally only going to release it to India just because India doesn't have the best... Network It's kind of spotty, especially in Africa regions or in Africa in general, too, because of just the way the infrastructure is. But they're all getting better. Uh, So they are now actually just going to be allowing everybody, and I mean everybody, to do this on Android. Uh, So you can finally just save the video. Now, it's not going to be counted really towards your data because it's going to be saved through the app. It's not going to be downloaded onto your phone so you don't clog up all the memory. On there, so it's another good thing if you like Facebook. If you're like me, that goes, mm, not really, really don't. I don't use Facebook as much as I used to anymore. I really, I mean, I use Facebook Lite, which is Instagram mostly, uh, or Twitter, Pinterest, is another one, Vine, which is part of Twitter as well. But any of the other ones, I use way more i use facebook now i use facebook messenger every once in a while when people message me but that's as far as i go with a lot of facebook stuff i usually try to try stay off of it i'm actually liking linkedin a lot more than i used to but this linkedin still has a lot of problems that i see all right snapchat yes your ever favorite and misunderstood social network that is a really favored for the youngins, the young people the Whippersnappers, whichever one you want to do if you're in the 1950s, uh, has brought, well, more Bitmoji stickers. Now, they bought Bitstrips a few months ago for several hundred million dollars, which was a good deal for Snapchat. And now they're finally allowing you to, well, customize and send Bitmojis through it as well. Now you have to use the Bitmoji uh, app for Bitstrips to actually do this, but it's a way to, you know, send to these, uh, customize it with your own face if you want to, all those different types of things. So it should be interesting to see a better integration with it. It is now supposedly supposed to be live through Snapchat, so it should be interesting to see more, um, more Bitmoji's going to, um, Snapchat and people using them more often and differentiating themselves to be more cartoony. I mean, Snapchat has always been different from the other social networks in general. That's why it's been popular. I mean, the reason why Google Plus was not popular was because it was like Facebook and that was the biggest problem. Don't be like a social network because you're going to fail because no one's going to know why they should use you. That's always the problem, that's why app.net, which I actually did like a lot, failed because it was too much like Twitter. Even though it was longer than Twitter for how much you could write, it still was Twitter, just more open source Twitter. Still loved it, just so no reason for it. All right, it looks like Apple Safari may be getting a uh, protocol called WP, which basically It's Google's technology that loads web web pages faster. It also does a lot of other things for the pictures and videos. Um, So it looks like Apple is testing it out, the WP uh, format. Now, Microsoft does not use it because it just doesn't want to because it's Microsoft. (laughs) We don't understand what Microsoft does a lot. It's just like, Microsoft, why are you doing this? I don't know, I just really feel like doing it this way. And you're like, okay, Microsoft, you can feel like doing whatever you, Feel like doing no but please by all means just do whatever you want to do because reasons is usually probably the best one for it but yes you can now do that through the beta program uh, so you can test it out now they haven't actually announced they're actually using this so it's, they're still just messing around with it. They may just use a different protocol, but it's not a bad protocol to use because it's been tested since 2013, so it's a pretty tried and true protocol for web pages as well. So just be on the lookout for it uh, because uh, it does, it's, it's gonna be interesting to see what actually happens. All right, are you using Coffee Meets Bagel? And you're going, what, huh? Coffee Meets Bagel, What's what's that? It is a dating app that originally started as you get one match every 24 hours. You can say connect or pass, and it will not give you uh, names whatsoever. So you can figure out kind of like a little bit about them, some pictures, but no names. And then if you guys decide to like each other, it will tell you the names, and then you can talk to each other and see if you want to meet up. If you don't, Well, it eventually does. um, It's gone forever after seven days, I think. Um, But they eventually have expanded it, made it a little bit different throughout the years. It now gives guys now the option to have 20 matches per day, and then we'll give a curated matching for women about five, and it will be most of them that have said like them. I think they're trying to just drive a little bit more engagement. They're also trying to drive... know people actually meeting each other because in a sea of dating apps that just have bombarded you with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people it can be a little overwhelming so i like how they're treating men women a little bit differently because we all do interact with the world a little bit differently especially between the genders and it's kind of giving guys a little bit more of a spread of what they want and it's kind of giving women a, a basically a very um small group of guys that they can say yay or nay to. Now, could this give you a better probability of being matched with somebody? Maybe. Now, it's a maybe because this is still all up in the air. People are fickle and so good luck trying to find somebody because people can change their minds hourly, daily, minutely, every minute. And speaking of new dating apps, Zook is doing a new dating app that they debuted debuted called lively yes it's called lively where it basically is more of a story-based picture-based video-based dating site that is lacks on uh just information about the person and cares more about pictures now they said that the demographic from 18 to 34 liked uh accounts with more pictures and videos so they can kind of understand the person however i'm always like dude you can photoshop that you can edit videos, you can completely manipulate it, but sure. Uh, sure, just do it that way. I mean, I understand how it does help you get a sense of the person, if the person's being truthful, but we, it's the internet. I mean, seriously, people will lie all the time on it. That's because it is. The reason why Zook is doing this is because it's been taking a just beating from Tinder, because Tinder is still the most popular one, plus with the other dating apps like Like I just said before, Coffee Meets Bagel, Hinge, uh, Happen is another somewhat popular one, and Bumble. All of these have kind of taken bites out of it. Now, it is part of the Mesh.com network as well. So, like I said, it's just trying to figure out what it's trying to do. Now, Zook is more aligned to Mesh.com's type of membership fees, which doesn't really make it that appealing to the younger demographic because we like free stuff. I'm just gonna say it out loud. We do like free stuff, but who doesn't? Uh, And Tinder does have more of a subscription base, but you could still use it for the most part as a free service too. I mean, there's different different tiers for it. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if this actually works. Now they're saying that they, these two can live as standalone and they aren't this isn't going to replace Zook. Uh Zook will still be what it is, but it will be interesting to see if this actually has traction and takes off. Like I said before, this doesn't really give you a lot of information about the person, it just gives you a lot of pictures and more context if the pictures are truthful. It's always the if part. The if. If. But should be interesting to see what actually. Happens. Now, you are launching this only in San Francisco, so you can install it, and it's only an iOS app for right now. You can install it on your iPhone, but just remember that your dating pool area for this app, if you're not living in San Francisco, is going to be very small, so I would just stick with the other ones if you're looking for that. All right. So you have Bumble. You have that. You have Lively, Zook, all the other fun things. Now you have Bubble with all the bees Uh, that is going to be doing a little bit differently and it's going to be helping more married couples in the whole babysitting type of uh, daily grind or trying to find a babysitter type of a thing. So what it actually is going to do is that you can sign up for it. You can sign up with a Facebook account or not, but the Facebook account is actually going to help you. What it's trying to do is it's trying to authenticate The parents and the babysitter, and trying to give a uh, authentic and um, basically social respect or social sharing or social, basically a way of babysitters trying to get jobs through this, and they can see friends of friends of friends, so almost like a dating app, but different in a way of giving you supposedly the right babysitter for you. Now you don't have to do this. Like months in advance, like care.com or any other ones, you can do this a little bit more spontaneously. You can do this as an on-demand type thing or a once offshoot if you want to as well. Um, it will tell you about being verified the age, how much per hour, if it owns a car as well, and just the rating it is. And also if it's friends of a friends of a friend or a friend of a friend or whatever that you like to do. now. Like I said, it is a more of a marketplace, so the risk is all on the babysitter and the parent, and so be sure you find the right one. Or it could be a very interesting conversation between them going, I thought you were this person. and Nope. All right, yes, Yahoo. Yahoo's always in the news, not because it's really good, because, well, it's trying to be sold, and it looks like its core assets are worth $5 billion, and that's assuming. Uh, It owns a bunch of uh, Alibaba, which is basically the Asian version of Amazon. There is also audio transcripts of a really good earnings call, which is always great for them. They also have Yahoo Finance, which is a pretty good robust way of just understanding just the whole financial sector. They also have Fantasy Sports, which is a huge thing for them, and they kind of just, you know, help build it up as well. And you also have mobile as well, where they have different types of assets like Yahoo Weather, which is pretty good, and other types of things. You also have mail, but you also have a lot of these core assets that are linked to be supposedly $5 billion. Now, they've been doing well for quite a while, and Marissa Mayer did her darndest, I guess. I'm going to give her the benefit of doubt in saying that she did her darndest to actually make this company profitable again, but it never worked out. Many citing that she just never was... um, making the decision. She always was kind of not really making decisions, so it was indecisiveness in some ways. But Yahoo is a very tricky one to actually make profitable because it was great for a while, but then it just was smoked by everybody else because it just didn't innovate very much. So we'll see if anybody actually, you know, does take the five billion or more to actually get its core assets, because core assets are actually pretty good. A lot of them are. Some of them really aren't, but a lot of them are actually really good. All right, Google is finally launching the final, 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 final preview of Android Nougat. Yes, the new Android that is coming out uh, soon. So it's the fifth preview, and it's basically going to see how well it's doing, fixing any bugs that it can actually fix, and hopefully getting some better feedback of it as well. should be interesting as well. There's a lot of interesting little key features of it. I do like the whole when you're... Uh, Turning on Android, it won't be the optimizing app loading screen that I get every once in a while. It's kind of annoying. Uh, But all the other fun stuff, Android uh, Instant Apps is another great little thing. Daydream will be interesting to see as well. There's a little back-end security stuff that's going to be added to it as well. It's going to be interesting to see what actually comes of it. But I like that. I also like the whole when you, you know, press the right button. And you see all the apps that are open. You can just do the clear all. It's another great one, too. Plus, with the better um, notification tab, uh, just a better layout of it. I'm looking forward to seeing what it actually happens when it comes out as a final product, but it's not final quite yet. So be prepared for, you know, something, something coming soon. All right. The White House is, is offering $400 million in research. Research for next gen wireless. Yes. 5G as it's called is supposed to be the next gen of wireless. And now most wireless industry carriers are not really interested in doing 5G because they just spent billions of dollars upgrading to 4G. They aren't really quite interested in you well know, doing it again because doing it again would cost another a lot of money again. That's kind of their wave. Justifying it, but so you're not really going to see a lot of them actually doing this. So it should be interesting to see uh, who's actually going to do this. But at least the White House is trying to innovate, I guess. And now this is in partnership with Advanced Wireless Research Institute and FCC, which is the Federal uh, Communication Commission, plus with the National Science Foundation. They're trying to spur on. Uh, some innovation through that as well so we'll see if anybody does that it's supposed to be 100 times faster than 4g which basically just means it's gonna be crazy fast uh but we don't know if we'll see it now The problem is is that all these companies don't like doing it because look at just the traditional internet or DSL, they haven't really updated that in quite a while and Google had to come in and kind of disrupt the market because no one else was willing to do it and now all the companies are like, ah, dang it, we gotta upgrade our our network, ah. So that's what I kind of see. So I'm glad that the the government's trying to do something. I always wish kind of private companies would just do that and grant themselves. We made it better, yay! We get better profits, yay! But man, that's why those companies for you. We we love our customers. It's why we're not going to have unlimited data anymore because we really want to nickel and dive you. All right, there is a new Windows 10 app for your desktop. It's Plex. Plex is one of those really great um, programs for watching videos, DVDs. Hopefully not pirated. But if you do do it. I'm not going to turn you in because I don't know. But, yes, it has finally come out for Windows 10. It does use uh, close integration with Cortana, so you can say, hey, Cortana, play Game of Thrones, or hey, Cortana, play Ghostbusters, the the old one, Uh, or hey, Cortana, play Mad Men, Cortana, play whatever your heart's desire, and we'll find that as well. I kind of like this because it does have integration if you turn Cortana on. If you don't, I completely understand that you are... Uh, a little worrisome about privacy, even though I've explained it so so many times that if you are on social media or have an email address, you are being tracked. But I do understand to a certain extent about making sure you're limiting how much privacy companies are, or your data, I should say, how many how much companies are getting from you. But if you are not afraid of Windows 10 and Habit. I would say get that one. Look at uh, Vine. Look at Twitter app. Look at Facebook and Messenger as well. They're all helpful. So you don't always to look at your phone all the time. It's right there. So you can just be like, oh, oh, oh. message back. Yay. All right. Looks like Acer has quietly launched their uh, Jade Primo uh, Windows phone. Yes back way back last year they were talking about it and it was you know it was said to be slated to be released in january and nothing actually happened so people were just saying that maybe it just wasn't going to be launched ever because it does happen every once in a while however it has been quietly launched and it's does cost around 649 dollars um, it does have a continuum dock, which is not bad dock as well, so at least you get that. However, my concern with this is that it's not, it's all right. It does have a five and a half inch uh AMOLED display, uh, the resolution is 1920 by 1280. It also has a Qualcomm 808 hexacore processor, that's not the fastest one out there. The fastest one is going to be the 821, done by Asus Xenophone 3 Deluxe, that's the fastest one so it is a little bit you know slow on the processor side of it It does have three gigs of ram which is not bad but i would look at four six more of that it has, does have 32 gigs of internal storage which is actually really good and i would recommend more of that than 16 gig. 16 gig is not cutting it anymore. It also has a 21 megapixel rear camera and an eight megapixel front facing camera, which is pretty good for cameras uh, spec wise. So it should be, it should actually take some pretty good pictures for you. However, like I said before, the Qualcomm processor is not the fastest one. It's not the latest, it's not the newest. So you do have that to consider as well. But if you really are looking for a Windows phone, this could be a good one for you. You also have the HP Elite 3 X3 uh, that is going to be launched, but that's really all you have because when uh, Microsoft has discontinued the Lumia line because it just it wasn't making that money. It was a bad bet, a really bad bet. All right, are you really searching for a lot of space on your hard drive? Well, Seagate has come out with a 10 terabyte, yes, I said 10 terabyte, Barracuda Pro. It's the world's largest consumer hard drive. Yes, it's the largest one. Now, everybody's talked about SSDs, which are great uh, hard drives. They're faster, they're slimmer, they're just better, but they actually are really, they're, way more expensive. That's the only problem with it. And the newer ones have to use a specific motherboard. The newer motherboards because they use the PCI-E slot, which is usually used for um, audio drives or audio cards, or mainly graphics cards, What a lot of people use them for. Uh, so you have that, but it's not a bad uh, hard drive because it actually... We'll have a a rate of transfer rate is about 220 megabytes per second. Now, uh, SSDs have been clocked at 1.5 gigabytes per second, so there is a huge difference. But for that big of a drive and how much you get, that's actually pretty good. Now, it does ramp it up to 7,200 RPMs. Uh, Rather than lower 5400, so it is quite a bit of a kick or a jump for the high performance as well. The wattage isn't bad. Now, when it's actually doing the seek or retrieving your information, it is it clocks up to six or the power wattage is 6.8 watts, and for idle it's 4.5 watts. So it's not bad uh, for what you're getting. Um, Now this is more of consumer side, but it's not also that cheap either. Uh, The list price is about $534.99 or $535, so that is quite expensive. It's about $0.37 per gigabyte, if you want to take it that way. Um, So, like I said, give or take, oh, sorry, it's $0.05. It's more of the Samsung's uh, largest SSD is at $1,500 for 4 terabytes, and that's $0.37 A gigabyte. Now this is five cents a gigabyte, so you're saving a lot on the cents for gigabytes. You get a lot more. You get about six terabytes more. However, Seagate's not bad for fail rates. I checked Blaze a while ago. Um, they're they're close to number two. They're around number two, number three. Uh, now HTS. DS is number one, as always. Western Digital is one of the worst ones who do never, never buy their hard drives because they fail so bad. But Seagate was actually pretty good. They actually did a lot better uh, from 2015 to 2016. So I do recommend Seagate as well. Toshiba is another good one to get. So those two I recommend besides more Hitachi drives are actually the best to actually get. They're also the most expensive to actually get. So it should be interesting to see how well this actually turns out. But if you are actually looking for... Uh, a pretty good, a really large hard drive. This is probably the one for you. But however, it's going to cost you a little bit. Even though it's only about five cents a giga, uh a gigabyte, it's still five cents a gigabyte. And you got ten terabytes, 1, for a thousand gigabytes per terabyte. That's why it's more expensive. But it's not expensive as the most expensive um, Samsung or the largest Samsung H- SSD, which is fifteen hundred dollars. Save so much with. Just the standard one. Now I have to say, this is the standard hard drive, so it does use the metal disk and it does spin up. It's not like SSDs, just so people are you know clear about it. All right, now we're gonna go to things or apps you should try this week. Truebill just launched, um, and it was basically what it does, is it allows you to track find, track, and cancel your paid subscriptions. Now it's on Google Play Music and and the App Store as well. And they've said that it saves people about $512 a year. So you'll be sure to track all those. So what it does is it helps you find your subscriptions and cancel unwanted services and monitors and you can take control as well. So it's a great thing, especially if you do a lot of different subscriptions and you just forget which ones there are. This could be one for you. I I highly recommend it. So I'll put that in the show notes for you, but yeah. I mean, we all do that as well. Now there is a new, there's a new messaging one that allows your messages to be readable or to chat. Probably it's called T Chapper, so check it out. It's, it's it's one of the list of more more encryption-based type apps for messaging. But there's a lot of them out there, and especially the more mainstream ones are doing that too. So you can check it out if you want to. Like I says it's, it's it's interesting, but there's always a lot of them. All right, there is now a way for you to have your money in the inbox. It's called Tiny Bank. It allows you to easily manage, monitor your income and expenses with basically a familiar interface. Uh, basically what it does, it has your inbox, kind of tracks what types of things, maybe subscriptions you're doing. It has categories and banks as well, so you can kind of figure it out. Um, it also allows you to see the different types of banks you may be a part of as well. So check it out if you kind of need to, you know, get your finances in order you know under one house and not be like where is everything all right there is a new way of writing it's called zoho writer uh basically a way to you know have powerful writing all in one place and allows you to write on android or ios um you can also use wordpress mark as final um, so you can easily publish to WordPress which I actually use which would be great else has electronic signature and mail merge as well So it's a pretty powerful tool For writing if you're looking for a new writer That's not word and looks cool and actually is pretty easy to use this one is for you is called Zoho writer Zoho writer I don't know why I said that. That was funny all right, uh, Duolingo has made tiny cards. It allows you to have flash cards so you can actually, well, learn a language a lot faster. These are tiny cards to have different ways of learning and make it more a visual game. For those that really want to learn a new language, I kind of think it would be actually cool. Um, you get to memorize quicker, uh, and you have thousands of topics on hand, so language cards, uh, there's also China Easy to help you learn the characters. Uh, and they look actually pretty interesting. So if you actually really are trying to learn a new language, this is probably a good one for you. Even their stand- their original app is actually pretty good as well. All right, that is the end of Digital Coffee. I hope you enjoyed it, and it was just gave you that mm, ah, this was a good brew today. Also, follow Digital Coffee on Twitter at digitalco77ee. Also on Facebook Digital Coffee Podcast, Instagram Digital Coffee Podcast, YouTube Digital Coffee Podcast, Coffee, and I'm on Giphy Cat now, Digital Coffee as well. Uh, so check it out. Let's have some fun on there as well with my uploads of uh, fun Overwatch video plays. I do get one of those good ones every once in a while. Uh, but yes, be sure to follow on one of them. I usually get back to you as quickly as possible, so don't think I won't ever talk back to you. i love to talk to you guys if you ever talk back. If you yell and scream at the the computer monitor, I I won't ever talk to you because I don't know what you're really saying. Also, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, PocketCast, among all of them, and SoundCloud as well. So either one of them, subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me on Patreon at Digital Coffee. All right, guys. Tune in tomorrow where I talk about marketing blend and all the fun things that go on in marketing. And have a great day. Later.